Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 383. This is your guide to the geek side. And folks, by the way, we are a podcast network, so check out all our podcasts. we got Code 47, which is all about Star Trek. We've got uh, <laughs> Holocron Chronicles, the Holocronicles, all about Star Wars. We've got Co-op Mode, all about video games, and you've got this video game. You've got this podcast, which is all about things of geek, Secret French, Unite. Uh, we also have a YouTube page, which will now have a custom URL if we can figure out how to do that. But that is it for the plugs, and we're going to introduce our host. I'm Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden, and also joined by Miss Katie, joining us again. Hello again. Yes, yes. The esteemed Katie, who uh, has all but taken over Secret Friends as the, 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 the fifth Beatle, as it were. Or fourth Beatle, sixth Beatle? I don't know, something like that. I don't know. There's Beatles, and there's numbers. Uh. <laughs> Be- beetle numbers oh my goodness so yes. uh here we are fourth of july weekend for those who celebrate here in the united states of america uh yeah how's everybody feeling good i have read so many comics this weekend it Woo! was this week <laughs> all right yes it was a step up and we'll be talking about that later but speaking of a comic that will probably Skip, because maybe it was a little ahead of its time slash before its time, uh, is this week's featured comic. This would be Action Comics number 383 from December of 1969. Does Superman pick the killer costume or the ultra uniform? So Superman standing there. He's got a couple of articles of clothing that are speaking to him. Uh, with gesticulations with their arms. They're like, you know, uh, the the one on the left says, hear me, Superman, I will give you powers beyond your wildest dreams. And the one on the right says, no, Superman, that castle would destroy you, wear me. You see, that's not much of a pitch. I mean, I'm in sales, that's not a pitch. It's not like when you've got like your doppelganger and he's always saying, oh, don't, I will be, he'll kill you. And, you know, that's like the biggest trope of all, like, you know, which one do you kill? Well, it's like, yeah, well, like we're watching, oh, like with the two Kirks, like, no shoot him uh and i must choose one of these uniforms now is his thought bubble how will how do i know which one is lying uh i gotta be honest with you much like with all of these exposition heavy uh dc comics from the uh from the 50s and 60s i don't care i don't know i hope it does kill him let's see because because you know what it'll just turn around and oh that was superman of earth 1674 and it just didn't end up working out so Moving on. Maybe every one of these issues is a different uh, world in their multiverse, so it doesn't really matter. It's every episode is kind of like a separate universe, yeah. So it's like, exactly. you know, you can have all these issues. So, Katie, which outfit it's would you the, choose? It's the makeover scene. Come on. Every good rom-com has to have the makeover scene. Right. Yeah. Monta- <laughs> a montage where they're dressed. Yeah. One girl walks out and her friend goes, no. Yeah, exactly. No. Batman yeah. and Wonder Woman are sitting there, thumbs down. Thumbs there's down. always a leather, <laughs> then there's always an all-jean outfit. It doesn't <laughs> plaids, exactly. stripes, boots. So, Katie, which would you choose? The, well, the I mean, purple and orange or the green with brown? The, the green with brown is giving me slight, like, uh, commie vibes. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's giving a little, little maybe Third Reich. Just, just saying. It's got those uh, shoulder pads that are on the I guess, outside. I guess not communist fascism dressed as communism. That's what it's given yeah. me. Fas- um, fas- fascism fashion. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, the one on the 
left, though, however, that coral and fuchsia with the neon pink belt, someone did not pick their color themes very well. That is kind of clashy. So um, I'd say burn them both. Yes. No, it's the boots have pockets. The boots have pockets. <laughs> okay, Ooh. you know what? I never get pockets in my outfits, so I'm taking that one by default. There you that's, go. that's very I'm get ahead some of it. Rit dye. I'll just right. change like the pants and the gloves. And you know, remember kangaroos, Charlie? The oh, little right. zipper pockets on your tennis shoes. That's very ahead of its time because this was the '60s. It wasn't until the '90s that we got the Rob Liefeld renovation with all the pouches. Or the pouches '80s with zippers. kangaroos pouches on your shoes, which I Ooh. loved as a kid. I had a pair. Oh well. Absolutely. Oh well. You know what? You decide which fashion fits you, but one will kill you, one will give you all your wishes. So choose right. wisely, folks. It's like the it's like the cup from Indiana Jones and right. you know, the last crusade. <laughs> yeah. Did choose you choose wisely. wisely? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? We're gonna choose wisely. We're gonna go to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. We've got your resurgence plan coming, Madam Webb. Charlie and I have talked about this, just filled Katie on this. And, um, you know, we know you were the inspiration for the Madam Puppet. And we might as well take that all the way in. There's a Madam Webb movie coming up. We've, we've seen it. Uh, it's coming. So, you know what? We're going to make you the star of Secret Friends Unite. A logo is coming. Uh, there's going to be T-shirts and everything. There's going to be a catchphrase. Exactly. She's been waiting 200 years for this, and it's coming. So with that, we'll, more information to come. So with that, though, we're going to dig into the news that Madam Webb brought us this week. And the first one, Charlie, is all about one of the mainstays of the Marvel Universe finally emerging it's in the a, MCU. It's a little fishy. Wink, uh, admittedly. But yeah, Black Panther 2 merchandise, uh, and I'm going to say even without reading this, it's always Lego. It's always Lego that's that's leaking that, like, here's a Lego set or whatever. And you got to keep in mind that Black Panther 2 or what kind of forever is dropping in November. I'm finally starting to see the big standees in the movie theater, so it's like that part of the promo is happening. But i got to imagine with um, San Diego Comic-Con being middle of this month that we're going to see a trailer at that time. It would be absurd if we didn't. Um, but yes, uh, Namor, the first mutant, uh, one of Marvel Comics' very earliest characters is being played by an actor whose name I'm going to kill, uh, Tena Huerta, who uh, is not, not a performer. Good job, Charlie. Thanks. I tried. I didn't really try. Just I just I just read what I saw. Um, is yeah, he's going to be the Submariner. And again, this was he was Marvel's first mutant. He's been a character, a heritage character that's been around since the 1930s or 40s. Basically, the same origin as Aquaman. Uh, he has a human parent, and he has a you know fish water dwelling other parent. I think it's a it's the reverse with Aquaman. It was the mother was the fish person and the, the father was the human. And so I think this is backwards. Oh, I but think you're like a reverse the fish first fish person where it's like fish head <laughs> with like leg, yeah. like body legs, you know, like right. real human legs. That would be weird. Yeah, well, they did it. On, you know, they did it on Family Guy. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, imagine that he is going to be the probably some kind of an antihero or somebody that you'll see a turn because Namor has always been kind of an obnoxious character in general. Uh, he was a member of the Avengers in the 1980s during that run with Roger Stern, which is right when I started reading the title. So in the late. Two sixties, two seventies, on the way until the team broke up. Not long after that, uh, in the because of Todd's 
all-time favorite mystic character. That's right. I'm talking about Dr. Druid. Todd, tell him about how much you love Dr. Druid. I can't, you can't. Dr. Druid, he is like a, he's like a guy, uh, you know, that he was like, he's like Bill and Ted, the dad who married the mom. He's kind of like that, that <laughs> guy in, a, in like a, uh, he marries someone way too young and it goes badly for him. Yeah. That's right. Dr. Druid. It, Exactly correct. But anyway, I think this is cool. Oh, and as you keep scrolling, there is a photo of him. And he's uh, he's quite the male specimen. Good looking fella, though. It almost looks like it's a drawing, but whatever. Does he have earrings or are those like big green sideburns? I can't quite tell. I'm not sure those are like earrings. Yeah. yeah, and he's got nose piercings and things like that. And and they are going more towards the South American feel, which is kind of cool right. because you think about that, uh, the headdress and everything they show in here. And I love that. I mean, because Atlantis didn't. I mean, nobody knows where it is. I mean, unless somebody's well, got a map. It's under the water, so it claims no nationality. It claims no uh, ethnicity. It's it, they're they're not really it. They're they're a whole other continent. So they're gonna be what they're gonna be. You couldn't imagine that they would have a skin color of any kind because they're from under the water. You think that they'd just be milk white because they are in the complete absence. Well, I like of the sun. it. I like it being mixed with like almost like some of the like either Aztec or Mayan cultures. Yeah, That's really yeah. cool. It's a different yeah. look, and I like that. And it's really cool. Versus Namor, he always kind of looked like a Nazi. <laughs> he well, always kind of looked like, a little bit, like, yeah. You know, like Spock, because with the pointed ears and yeah, the big eyebrows. Yeah. So, well, whatever. But this is cool. I love this. And again, this was Mar- he was Marvel's first mutant. And, and again, mutants are becoming a thing, or they will. Well, and he's a king, right? So you've got yeah. the king of Wakanda. You've got the king of Atlantis, the right. sea, the land. So I don't know. Katie does. Yeah. does I mean, the word Namor, you only think of the guy in a Speedo with, with, with uh, feathers on his feet. It, it, does Namor <laughs> mean anything to you? Um, just a little bit because he showed up in the, uh, Captain Marvel run, but he was, and that one, he was the son of Enchantress and, um, the Atlantean King. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. So that, but that was the one like, that was, I think like the 2019 run. Um, so I like, because, you know, he did, he definitely did have Spock vibes at that point. Um, you know, definitely narcissist kind of, you know, evil do-garter. Or, you know, evil dude, kind of very self-involved. I like that they're grounding Atlantis more and, like, taking the time to dis- to give it a place in the world instead of just being like, it is off the coast in the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. And so everybody just is going to be kind of, you know, generic looking and their culture is kind of generic looking. Um, where, like, having these Mayan influences is really, really cool. And I think it's sure. going to look really awesome. So. I dig it. So, yes, this drops in November of this year. So this is our next uh, Marvel film after uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which we're going to talk about uh, in our next episode. And so then, excited. What, yeah, what is, on the hori- what is on the horizon for what's the, the kind of first what, what's on tap for 2023 for the MCU as far as what's on? the um, Mar- I think the Marvels is the next the Marvels, movie yeah. after uh, Black Panther. So like yeah. first quarter, first quarter of next year. Okay. I think it is like a February, which is great. It's a great cool. time for a movie because nothing is really happening in February. Like right. Black Panther happened in February and that exactly. movie blew up. So bring it, us some cool characters that we want right. to see. I love it. All right, moving on. What's next? Yes. Yeah, so um, we've got uh, Amazon Prime has got a new uh, series based on a comic book coming out, which will seem similar to another show that is on Netflix right now, which is Stranger Things. And that is Paper Girls. And Paper Girls is set in the 80s. It was based on a series, and I think it may still be going on, by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. It's a great book. 
Uh, I love Brian K. Vaughn. He's awesome. And it's about these, these paper girls in the 80s. It does really feels like the 80s. And they are essentially experiencing an alien <laughs> uh, type of presence. And it, it has that 80s vibe. It's very cool. So I would hate people to think that this series is based off Stranger Things. It's not. It was actually, it came mm-hmm. out the same time Stranger Things did. So um, they're just, sometimes these things come out at the same time. It's like the two volcano films, the two, uh, you know, uh, comet films. It's like, it seems like ideas follow each other for some reason, but it's really cool. And this one's going to deal with time travel, which is very cool, which there is a teaser now that's coming out for this, which we see that essentially the girls, there's four of them have time traveled and they run into their future selves, which I think is awesome. It's, it's going to really create some interesting dynamics with, you know, uh, yourself and your future self. And just imagine what would you tell your future self? Would you even encounter your future self and tell them anything or just oh try to avoid them? God, and not, I would, you know, not avoid the person you are today. My future self would probably step in front of a bus. If I told him half of the shit that I've been in, been through in the last, you know, 40 years or 30 years, like, Oh my God, are you insane? I mean, so, so many of the dumb things I've done. So yeah, but I would still do it because you know what? That little punk, needs a talking to, even if it creates a separate universe, which according to Marvel, it would. So it would be another dimension of the multiverse. So it's just too much to think about. Yeah. I mean, the trailer looked really good. And so I'm excited to see how it plays out and how, I mean, it was a really dynamic comic. It was very enjoyable. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens when it hits the screen. Yeah. It's all unknowns playing the young actresses. Um, and then, but we do have a known Who's an adult, which is Ali Wong. Ali Wong is awesome. I, you know, she's, I yeah. she's awesome. Comic. Yeah. yeah. Serious. Yeah. She uh I've watched a couple of her clips, even what you see on Netflix, and just she's just very raunchy comic, which is just right up my alleyway. Well, and she also wrote for um Fresh Off the Boat as well. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great cool. series, yeah. Yeah, it's a great series and it's got some great people in it, and it's doing yeah. it's like the Goldbergs did, but actually kept it a little bit more real, which which is always good. So keep, um keep, but yeah, it real. this is really good. Amazon Prime, it's it's really they're doing some great they are not as you know, they don't put as much content out there. What they do put out there typically seems to land very strongly, which is great. You know, they're going over quantity or uh, quality over quantity. So uh, this is going to probably not going to get um, if you have Amazon, which I think most people do. Um, this won't get uh, absorbed by other things happening. It'd be like it'll get a lot of publicity. It'll have a lot of time out there. And Amazon does weekly uh, la- uh, weekly drops as well, which means it won't be like after one week, you'll forget about this. They'll be public, right. they'll, they'll be talking about it, which is great, which I feel like so many shows these days on Netflix and other shows that binge drop, you move on. And it's like, hopefully go, enough people watched just, it and it right. gets renewed. Right. Just goes poof because you just don't know. So, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I think it's on Comixology, so you can read it in advance and check it out there. Coo, coo, coo. All right. Well, Todd... Uh, I, I, I popped this one out there today for you um, because... <laughs> You're not a Star Wars lover, we know that, but you're very excited about no, 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 no. these projects. I'm not oh, a no. lover of the the prequel era. You, no, it's the prequel not, era. I like not. the sequel. I like the sequel trilogy. I like the original trilogy. I detest you, the prequel era. 
But unfortunately, the prequel era is 85% of Star Wars. So I guess that's where I'm stuck. You're you're hearing him defending his religion right now. But but anyway. (laughs) I mean, that's that's absolutely true. The the post-prequel era is like 15% of Star Wars. So if I have to like, I'd have to like the prequel era to say I'm a Star Wars fan, I guess. So because, you know, why not? But at any rate, what's going on right now is what we um, what we've been Taika Waititi and his film is blah blah blah. And then he did go on record. Obviously, he's out. He's doing press for Thor: Love and Thunder, which is his film that's coming out this week. But he said that his film uh, he indicates his film won't be greenlit until he finishes writing his script. Um, and but which which was news to me. I, I that makes sense. Was, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I'm greenlighting your movie that has no script. <laughs> But, you know, it was one of the, you know, it's it's just, it's been talked about so much. So you just really, I was kind of left to think that this was just a foregone conclusion that this was going on. But, well, you know, and this is also supposed to come out in like 18 months, which well, is. The thing is that it wasn't that um, Kennedy said that it was greenlit. She said it was going to be released in 2023. And um, Wikidia was like, no, there's not even a script yet. I haven't finished it yet. No. Like that right. would be that they're practically right. Um, like they're in the middle of shooting at this point. I would imagine if they're planning 2023. Right. But yeah. They have, so- to have time for all of like, you know, the post-production and everything. So like that was just a hot mess. She should, she should have not said anything. Well, right. <laughs> you guys are talking <laughs> sense. What is this? You can't talk. I know. Sense Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, cut it out. And, and this really goes on to mention, you know, the uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who of course runs Lucasfilm and, and certainly what we see in Star Wars has a pretty, serious history of having punch-ups with filmmakers like Solo and Phil Lord and Chris Miller and how that whole thing was a debacle and how that led to the quote-unquote death of the Solo, you know, Star Wars, a Star Wars series of films because they felt Solo wasn't successful enough because it was such a dumpster fire, at least the production of it was. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the film, but again, yeah. very, very messy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think, guys? Do you think that this calls into question if this project is really going to land or if we're just going to simply push it further on down the road like they did with you know rogue squadron which mark and i certainly over in holocron were super fired up about because we love x-wing stuff and and especially with the huge success of of top gun maverick this summer like a, a you know a, a a fighter you know a, a fighter jet movie would probably be a huge success but i don't know all of uh all of star wars on the big screen just seems like it's you don't know what's going on I mean, what did he, he's a he's a a hot number right now, and so I mean, according to him, he was saying, you know, I am working on writing a script. I'm working on the idea, and his thing was saying, like, once I pitch it, that's when it gets decided when it's going to be greenlit or not. I think he'd have to do something pretty out there for them not to say, like, yeah, we can make this fit in the lore. So I would say, like, I think that there's still faith it, as long as he's still on board to try to create something. I can't see them being like, no, absolutely not, unless he's coming out of left field with something. Like, he's like, I'm going to kill Luke when he's 12. Like, <laughs> I love know. it. I love it. What if? Right. right. Let's just, <laughs> right. let's just switch it up a little bit. It's okay. Um, you, you never, he's a different Luke. He's a, we found out old. that Yoda had 85 kids and they all yeah. became Jedi masters. It, yeah. was, it wasn't, I'll, I'll call back a little bit of EU. It wasn't Luke. It was Luke with two U's. <laughs> I fixed it. It's a clone. Everything's I a clone. want I want the Star Wars musical or the Star Wars sex romp comedy. And we've already seen that how awesome it is with seagulls. Stop. I love that. I just want a, a, a musical based on that. 
Oh, my God. Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're, t- you're totally right. And he essentially just picks the projects he wants to do. I mean, I just mm-hmm. been finishing up our Flag Means Death, which is awesome. Him as oh, Blackbird. So great. Is amazing. So good. And then he does, you know, he was involved with, uh, I think he's still an executive producer on uh, what they do in the shadows, which we know is coming out in mm-hmm. July. So he can essentially do whatever he wants. He's got enough clout now. I do worry that Star Wars does not like auteurs. They like people sticking within the lines when you have an auteur uh they don't like that because they feel like you have to do these things in star wars i'm like i would love if they just let somebody go fast and loose because even ryan johnson i don't think he went that crazy but people went crazy when he tried to do something unique and different i mean he did he did uh direct write and direct one of the i think it was the season finale of the first mandalorian episode correct for the first mandalorian season and that was one of the most well-received um episode so i would argue that i think that he knows how to play within the canon to keep his flavor and his kind of quirky humor and witticisms in there and still make a compelling story right but you know not only star wars being that marvel is very much the same wasn't it edgar wright who got was it Edgar right. Wright? With Ant-Man. Got the yeah, Edgar Wright with Ant-Man. Yeah, it who was, basically was, gave just, everybody the idea of what you yeah. can do with Ant-Man and then uh, right. what's his name took it over. Yeah. Yeah, it was just mm. it was too edgy. So yeah, it's it's very by the by the book, by the box. So Todd, I think you might simply have to accept that Star Wars it's not going to fit in your box because they're in their own box and the Todd box is over here. So you know what? Six, Star six, Wars can only be one thing, apparently, and that's okay I with guess. The fans. But, you know, so. Well, you know what? You can stick with Katie and me and you can talk Star Trek over on Code 47. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime at all. All right. Moving on. What do we got next? Oh, Charlie, you've got a new, well, apparently the like 18th different version of Spider-Man, but he's coming back with an old favorite, Mark Bagley. <laughs> yeah, we've got now, I have loved, there has been uh, a portion of the the Spider-Verse, uh, called the Spider-Verse. Now it's, it's uh, started as a miniseries back in 2014. It kind of took Spider-Man from your friendly neighborhood, this thing and that thing, you know, fighting the fighting the the drug dealers and the pickpockets whatever to taking it to this big kind of multiverse of madness where you find out that you know universes across the multiverse everyone has a different version of a spider-man some of them are you know uh, there's spider-man which is what if aunt may became spider-man or what if uncle ben became spider-man or what if spider-man was literally a thousand spiders in a suit so spiders man or I mean, a j-pop character with a robot spider I say it's kind mon- of a what if before they yeah. had what if <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a monkey or it's a cat so anyway, i loved it and i but when i really got heavy in the action figure collecting about eight or ten years ago that became my thing because they started cranking out all these spider-verse characters so i have two shelves of spider-verse characters so anyway this headline uh from cbr.com claims that the Spider-Verse is coming to an end with a new series that we're going to get in October. It's yet another Spider-Man number one. Now, this is not taking the place of Amazing Spider-Man, which also recently renumbered. I mean, Todd, we'd have to do a little research to figure out what volume. No, oh, Charlie, we're not, doing the, we're not doing the uh, the continuity counting <laughs> where it's like yeah. 3,000 or something. Because Charlie, I, that can be your own hyper-focus. That's I, not Charlie's going to read every episode, every issue, and I he's going to be reading that for 3,000 years. I have. I really I do need to catch up. But anyway, as this long is as simply, we got him to stop reading the Avengers comics, I'm fine with that. You did, yeah, yes. No the, leather the, jackets. The original, <laughs> I, did, I did peter out in the middle about – 
1994 or so in continuity and when it got really bad and jumped ahead to about 1998. But Dan Slott's back, right, Charlie? In this comic? So so you got Dan Slott, who is a a heritage writer of Spider-Man within the last probably 15 years, and Mark Bagley, who Todd went on a little rampage about, I think, in the last episode or two. We even checked him out on Twitter to make sure that he wasn't going to be coming after Todd. But he's got like 15 followers, so it ends up working out. But Mark Bagley Bagley has been a Spider-Man artist in Amazing Spider-Man for probably 30, 35 years. But anyway, this is set to bring the Spider-Verse to a close. Uh, the big villain of the Spider-Verse in general is Morlin. He is... Uh, God, he's back. Yeah, I, well, he did, nobody ever dies. Uh, but Morlin is... He's from, he's from basically an aristocratic family of aliens that consumes spider totems, or basically the spider essence, uh, and, and kills off the Spider-Man. That's in these very specific. It's, yes. it, it is very That's specific. That's a very so. specific diet. It's a really good thing that the Earth made that radioactive spider or else they would have just died off. Well, they have to <laughs> They have to jump between dimensions on this spider, the spider of life. There was, there was a series that didn't make it that had to do with five of the Spider-Verse characters that had to guard it and guard the, the totem of life and the, the different ways to travel. It's a it's a whole thing. This is Patreon content right here, folks. <laughs> yeah, you're at, you're well, don't at, you want people to pay for Patreon? Exactly, Charlie. <laughs> Wrap it up. We're working on it. it. But at any rate, I will tell you all about it when we get that Patreon going. But at any rate, um, this could get me back in. I'm I'm kind. I I would say I'm kind of interested because you got a creative team that's jumping back in. So fortunately, we have Marvel Unlimited, and I would say, oh, I'm going to buy the issues. But I would buy them and not read them for at least three months. By which case, uh, as you know, uh, Marvel Unlimited catches up. And I just got that nice little renewal pack. And Katie, I'm giving you one of the comics, and I'm selling yes. the figure. And Getting a Polaris I, comic. I'm still yes, excited. nice with. Uh, I think it's a Peach. Uh, can't remember the artist's name, but very cool. And yeah, like a manga artist. She's great. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, Peach yeah. Tomoko? Mar- Marvel Unlimited, let me give you a plug in Disney. Feel free to send me some money. Best value in, in, in comic They don't even pay their stuff. artists. They're not going to pay no. you. Oh, come on. I just, <laughs> pay, pay me in some Twitter love. But anyway, um, uh, Spider-Man number one uh, comes out October 5. So that means on December 5, I will give you a rundown because I will read it. Perfect. Then. Okay. Yeah. Something else we're going to get a rundown is the fact that uh, an actor that I've loved in the Kingsman is trying to once again take a role out of the hands of a North American. No, yes, Taron Edgerton, which I really Terrible. love in The Kingsman. He's great. Totally. He's been fantastic. He wants to play Wolverine, and you know what? I could see it. Um, he looks pretty good, and you know what? It doesn't doesn't matter the what you look like because Hugh Jackman did not look like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. He's too too damn tall. Because, right. you know, Wolverine's like five, six, five, four. He's like my height. Five, three. Five, three. But it didn't really matter. Wait, well, he's five, three? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't think that they draw him accurately for no, that. They no, they don't. No, they don't. If you, uh, <laughs> I will take a pause and go grab my black and white. No, Marvel, we don't need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> my guidebook, and I will I will look it up for you. But. That's going to be a future Patreon episode, too, where Charlie compares the posture and the stature of different Marvel characters. You, so you are, check out that. We're really setting it up. This Patreon's coming soon. Uh, don't we're, worry. We're pitching we're pitch it. We're pitching it. I'm just saying as a as a woman who is six feet tall and who often is around, you know, women who are much, much shorter than me. I know what it looks like when someone is very tall and where someone who's about five, three hits you when you're six feet tall. Wolverine standing next to Cyclops. 
nope, doesn't work. <laughs> I know, but with Cyclops those clothes, is a five ten. He'll get, the, he'll get yeah. the kneecaps just swept. Yeah. So, so I, I guess you wonder why Wolverine's one of my favorite characters. He's named my son is Logan. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm five foot four, so he's five foot six, a little bit taller than me. So we're already you know branching out, which is great. But yeah, I mean Taron Edgerton. Um, you know he's obviously got a British accent. We've heard it, so he's gonna have to change it. I haven't heard him say "bub," so I don't know if he's <laughs> accurate or not. But we know. <laughs> The X-Men are coming. We know the X-Men are coming. We don't know Mm -hmm. what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to duplicate what we already got. Mm -mm. Um, And so with that, I'm really curious, but they're going to have to start casting some actors. So this is going to have to start happening soon. We're going to get the, I mean, maybe at San Diego Comic-Con, maybe they announce there's going to be something with the X-Men, except for that 97 series or Fantastic Four. So I'm excited for this. And I just, I just love it. This goes back, Charlie, to the day and Katie, Back in the day when we didn't have the internet, we had something called Wizard Magazine. <laughs> Once a month, you got like this, like, oh, well, we're hearing rumblings. They're going to make a movie, and we're going to cast it. And all they did was pick somebody that looked like somebody. That was it. You could be right. a horrible actor, but as long as you look big. Or, or not an like, actor at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or, or Glenn Danzig was supposed to be playing Wolverine. Remember Glenn Danzig from <laughs> – come on. Oh, oh well. From Danzig. Uh, yeah, so I, I would love this. I think it's great. I love it. Bringing everybody and anybody. Um, and you know what? We'll see what happens. And I, I will be happy. Happy, slappy. Yeah, I'm totally down. Great yeah. to get a good actor. Great Agreed. to get some, great to get somebody who could obviously. I was remembering the whole spiel for Deadpool too. Deadpool, uh, Deadpool too. When he's saying, "Yeah, we're trying to put a team together, and you know, we needed to be ethically diverse, uh, morally flexible, and able to carry a franchise for six to ten movies." That's what we're looking for here. Yep. <laughs> and you know what, folks? We already got a Wolverine with an Australian accent in the cartoon back in the day in the Pride of the X-Men. So mm-hmm. anything is possible, and we don't care. Oh, yep. my goodness. Well, if I'm not very much mistaken, uh, that's the end of the news. So uh, let me get my phone. Let me uh, get my uh, app uh, to get us down to Skugtown. That's right. Time to go to the Geek Easy. Talk about what we're enjoying. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. And this week, ah, we're going to have a good time. You know, this is Thor, it's Miss Marvel, it's Stranger Things, and a certain black phone that scares the poop out of little kids. So let's get moving. So Katie, (laughs) uh, you read Miss Marvel and you're watching it too, and I watched, I'm I'm caught up, and uh, so where are you at on it? Um, We are caught up i believe because the season finale is wednesday right, is that uh, right? i think there's two no, more episodes was, we're in four there's two more four. Is that yeah. four? okay yeah. everything um, is six these days with Marvel. yeah I remember with this five or that's, six that's the this is four yeah. Six. yeah yeah this last episode i would say wasn't the strongest of the bunch it seemed like they were cramming a lot of stuff into it um but so far it has definitely been one of my favorite um series and for me personally, I think watching the opening of the first episode, it was probably the most realistic rendition I have ever seen as far as have, being a woman who has ADHD and how that like how that has my mind work. And I love that con- canonically um, Kamala has ADHD. So I vibe with her, but I just love the creative um, directing in it. The story is great. I really don't have beef with how they've changed the character's powers. For me, it's more of them staying true to the character's character rather than necessarily the backstory. 
And I feel like this is very much Kamala from the comics versus in the TV show. They could enter switch characters and it'd still be the same person. So I'm great with that. And then, of course, I wanted to just remember the comics. So I went through and read the entire comic series. <laughs> oh, my. How <laughs> many issues? How many issues um, was that? I know that like, the second run was 38, and I think the first one was about 19. So, uh, I yeah, I read all of those. It's <laughs> I mean, went- so confusing. Why I got Marvel to stop doing, like, one drop, then another drop. It's like, I don't even know where I stopped. My wife is in the same boat. She's like, which trade do I need to read? I'm like, I don't remember. Where did you stop? Oh, I, mean, I think it was the, there was the origin Miss Marvel that was in 2015, yes. I want to say. Right, and then there right. was the fantastic Miss Marvel. I think it was the fantastic Miss Marvel. Okay. And that one was in... 2019 i think is when it started so um but again i love it that one has more action with the red dagger so he shows up a little bit more so you can kind of get a vibe of where he is okay and what's that's going on. yeah i was gonna say katie because i have not read enough then because i've only read like the first two trades of the right, original same. series mm-hmm. so the red daggers yeah. were new to me i didn't know if they existed and i mean i think that was something i was going to bring up so the clandestines were brought in and the clandestines are this odd little comic that dropped in the mid nineties. Alan Davis brought it in. It was just, and I've read up about like, you know what it meant. It was basically a young Englishman married a gin who essentially made him immortal. And he was, his last name was Destin. So he was the clan in Destin. So, <laughs> Destin. so there you go. And he is long lived and they have children and they basically become superheroes and things like that. There wasn't the clandestines going to destroy the world. It was, that was an odd, like, but the, de- the gins could be because that's the thing. But this, the biggest thing is she wasn't inhuman in the comics and Marvel, unfortunately had a horrible inhuman series, which essentially right. the MCU said, we can't touch the inhumans again, which I think is just silly. It's like the right. humans can still be good. And they were brought in there. And so they'd change that. So um, this series though is really good. It feels like it's a really good series about Kamala Pakistani culture, her family, her heritage, and also tied with like a teen drama in a way. And then they realize, crap, we have to make a Marvel series too. So I feel like the, the like the, the superhero stuff is secondary, which is good, but um, it's also, we're finding out this is the least watched MCU show, which yeah, I get it. Cause if you're looking for a Marvel tie-in, there's nothing except she likes Mar- Miss Marvel. So well, without and, that, and the, yeah. and the audience is, is more narrow and that's not a bad thing, but it's, it's teen focused. And, you know, part of it has the cultural aspect, which maybe not everybody uh, warms up to, but again, Marvel is entering this era where it's not all things to everybody. You know what I mean? It's it's you know the the Moon Knight was not all things to everybody. There was no connectivity. You know what I mean? Where you know Loki and Cap uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, which nobody on Earth likes but me, apparently because all I hear is people trashing it. And uh, what if you know? So there was a lot of connectivity, and a lot of it came back around. Where these last two series, they're really not like that. So. You could see why perhaps not. But again, we live in this weird streaming world where, you know, a moment ago we were talking about how the Marvels is going to come out in February. What if that's a big hit and it drives people back to watching the show at that time? I hope so. How, right. how, yeah. How will that be reflected? How will we know? Uh, because all of these shows so far have been made as kind of one-offs. You know, they're not really looking to have another season of the Loki didn't end in a good place where it where it almost really demanded a sequel uh, season. And who knows, it's not been talked about. If that's really going to go down, 
or simply is the mantra that things will simply be continued on in an overall overarching story arc within something else. Well, and that's kind of what it seems like Marvel is doing and Disney is doing with these TV shows is that it's not so much about making a big blockbuster or a showstopper within itself. It is, hey, we need to connect these two larger franchises or these two larger points. And instead of making a whole movie about it, we're going to make a mini series that is going to connect the dots. So when Miss Marvel shows up in the Marvels, everybody's not like, who the heck is this? They can go mm-hmm. back and go, oh yeah, okay, she showed up here and that's great. So right. I know that a lot of the problem was, you know, the comic itself, like Miss Marvel and Kamala have always been kind of a contentious character. She's always gotten a lot of flack, um, which is stupid in my opinion. She's one of my favorite characters. So it didn't surprise me when it wasn't as well received. Um, but I think a lot of like a lot of people just need to give it a shot because again, I think the directing and the storytelling in it is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my one of my good friends uh, is Pakistani, and I've been meaning. And he's not a bit. He likes the movies. He doesn't watch the TV shows. So I've been meaning to tell him, hey, you should check this out because I remember when he was getting, you know, his brother was going to get married. He was getting married, and mm-hmm. um, he just got married as well. And it's the whole culture of like the the the, the marriage and these different things. They're, they're they're dealing with like the partition and the history of Pakistan, and India, mm-hmm. and, and all these things. It's a lot of issues, and so for a lot of people, it can be a lot. This isn't light material either. It's like there's a lot on the, to grab, and my wife is loving it because yeah. it's it's kind of telling its own story. And it's not like saying you have had to watch 85 shows and you've had to watch 85 movies. It's just like, hey, she's tied to Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel and, and enjoy it. So I think it's a really good show. But I can understand if you're just if you're just waiting for the Marvel connections, you're not mm-hmm. getting it, and that's right. okay. But for a lot of people, that's why they like the MCU because right. who's showing up at the end of the show? Where's the spoiler? What's going to happen? It's it's a it's a different take. You know, and, it's, it, yeah. It, in, in a lot of ways, it's my own um, take with Star Wars and with canon. And people say, "Oh, I don't care about canon." It's great. I like something I can wrap my arms around, and I think there's fair enough people, uh, there's fair amount of people out there who kind of feel the way that I do. I like to feel like I have a control of well. I have a way to know what happened where and what did this mean or whatever it is. And Marvel really does provide that. But again, outside of what we've even seen in the TV that's now happening with Moon Knight and now with Miss Marvel, where it's really standalone, maybe that's less of an appeal. I, I don't know. Time will tell. I really hope, like I said, when Marvel's comes out early next year, it's mm-hmm. it's a big hit and then it leads people back to this. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And right. it's great because you can just watch this as a six episode series and feel like, it's great. Like I said, you don't have to watch anything else Marvel to be enjoy this, which is great. Right. It All has right, cool. very much turning red vibes for me. Like that's right. what I oh, keep reminding. Remind which I need to myself. see. My my oh, my, my son good. and my daughter watched it already without me, so I feel a little bit betrayed. <laughs> I will watch it. Did you just say your son and your daughter? Do you have a daughter you never? My son told and my wife. About? Sorry, my there son and my wife <laughs> watched it already sense. without me. And oh I always say, goodness. do you want to watch this with me first? So I feel like, hey, you're just not respecting me. <laughs> Lame. All right. Let's, for the sake of time, let's keep moving. Katie, what else you got? Yes. Um, I've been reading Lady Thor just to prep myself for Thor Love and Thunder. And obviously I read through um, the comics we were talking about today, The God of Thunder, and then um, Strange New Worlds, Episode 9. I will save those thoughts, though, for Code 47. So if you want to hear me speak <sighs> out about that, you will Lee. have to. I know. So much but that's I how you that's be, how you drop the content 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will yeah. be guest appearing because I'm not doing the full episodes. I have Peter, who's amazing, who's taking over for Enterprise for me because I don't want right. to watch that. I Understood. love Star I Trek. <laughs> don't want to watch it. But right. I can't, I can't keep away for um, talking about my strange new worlds because it you is, know. And so we good. even and to tease this episode, and again, um, this episode drops uh, Friday. The following Monday will be Code Forty Seven. Uh, Katie and Peter have very contrasting opinions about Episode Nine, but we'll also mm-hmm. be talking about Episode Ten, which is the season finale. And we're going to do kind of a very brief run through and, and pick a favorite of Episodes One through Ten. I just started rewatching wow. it again uh, today, mm-hmm. but just super brief. So it's going to be kind of a king-sized episode but again strange new worlds i will say without a doubt is the very best thing that's been in my opinion that's been produced since so good. The, since the 2017 relaunch of the franchise so in so my good. In the beginning of the oh, second God. the second golden era i absolutely love strange new worlds just got and again I don't, I don't talk about cosplay but i did just get my and i draw pictures on socials everywhere uh, my captain pike is now out there working on the hair. Doing well. like deep fakes of Captain Pike on you, Charlie. I'm I'm a little nervous. Captain Pike, <laughs> Captain Pike, uh, Anson Mount, uh, restraining order, please. Anson Mount and I have met, and he was very. He even wrote in the signed picture I get him, Charlie. All my respect, Anson Mount. It's on the wall in my house. I'll take a picture of it. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> blink twice if it blink twice if you're being held against your will. Um, but anyway, very excited to talk about that. But uh, but very anyway, good. yeah. I, I was going to say one really quick before you move on, Katie. The whole like I talked about with uh, Miss Marvel, Thor is the same way. It's like holy crap, Thor, get your stuff together because I'm trying to remember which series is which because I've read a few of them because mm-hmm. I love Thor, but I haven't read them all. So I'm like I'm so confused. Which one am I supposed to read first? So. Well, it's yes. crazy. Yes. I mean, Marvel Unlimited does help in certain extents. And then it also makes it 10 times worse because you can't look at a series easily. I'm like, yeah. I want to just look at a character and then see chronologically what I should yes. be reading. Where they and appear, where reason, you should read it. Yep. They just right. show the issues instead of being like, this is a series and this is, a, and I'm like, what is, what is happening? How do I find yes. this? It's too much. It's too right. much. It's too not as much. bad as DC Unlimited or whatever DC's thing is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I, was there, yeah. I haven't done that. That's a low there, bar. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Great. All right. Let me, uh, I'll take this over real quick and I'll do a quick touch. Todd and I, you, have ta- you and I have talked in the last couple Charlie, weeks. Charlie, do last first and we'll do the black phone that'll lead in me. Why? I was going to do that if you would. Oh, okay. If you, oh, if you would have a big cup of zip it. Uh, yes, April. I'm and just I here been, to listen to you, Bicker. Yes, yes. The ba- yeah. Well, you know, Todd and I have been together for almost thirty years, and it's together like an years. old married couple. Oh, we barely yes. tolerate each other since yes. 1995. Uh, but anyway, yeah. April and I have been watching Lost. Uh, we are on the season finale of season three. Uh, it ran for six seasons, and I know the last couple seasons were abbreviated. Um, it, it, we're glued to it. I mean, it's funny because it's Fourth of July weekend. We have a we have a set uh, grouping of movies that we watch. We always watch like Independence Day and Captain America, the first one, or whatever it is. But we've been kind of shelving a lot of that because, like, we really just want to watch Lost because it's just <laughs> absolutely sucks you in. And we're at the, the end of season three, where they're in the the, the underground station, and it, Charlie Charlie dies. Sorry, spoiler from a show from from. Do I need to write something in my hand? What's that? <laughs> Do I need to write something in my hand. 
Yes. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, he says blah, 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 this and that. And it's just, no, you never know what the hell's going on with this show because you've got, you know, uh, Michael Emerson is Benjamin Linus and you never know where he's going or what. And, you know, he takes him to the cabin with Jacob and Jacob is a guy in the chair and you thought, oh, God, he's just crazy. There's just so damn much in this show. So. Smoke monsters, polar bears, islands, right. lock. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Locke and the church and the radio tower and the Dharma Initiative and the the others. And, oh, my God, there's just so much. If you never watched the show, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's 120 episodes. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a trek, um, but it's absolutely worth it. But, Todd, as you said, the show, particularly because of the, the, the writer's strike back in 2008, really lost some steam. Um, we haven't gotten to that point yet. So we've kind of seen kind of the golden era of it, and it's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a show where it's like as as soon like I watched the first season religiously, I fell off, and then a lot of things happened where they just felt like the writers felt like they didn't have an endpoint because ABC just wanted to crank out more content. They're like, this is just going to dilute the content. We're not going to know we're going to get there, and it's just like The Walking Dead. So once they told ABC told them we're allowing you to end the show by a date. The writer's like, all right, game on. We can actually make the best content with the amount of episodes we're making. And that really triggered fantastic loss. So I watched a recap of, I think, like season two and three, and I jumped in with four, and I was so happy because, you know what? After watching the recap, I'm like, not a lot happened. It wasn't very good. And I jumped into when it was good again. I, I feel like you know what? There's too much media now. You have to respect what's good and don't worry about having it all because it's not going to add much to it. It's not going to add enough like, oh, I missed that. So it's not going to be great. So I I think you really should just enjoy what the best of is versus all of it. Kind of like no Avengers leather jackets. No Avengers. (laughs) Did you ever watch Lost? Um, I did not. I actually worked at um, Best Buy while it was coming out. And I got kind of, I got kind of turned off to the entire idea of it because that's all anyone talked about was like, and they were reading, like, this is when like Reddit started getting big and there were all these forums and there was research and all this other stuff. And I'm like, if I have to read recaps after watching an episode to figure out what happened, I want nothing to do with this show. Uh, I've got a question, a clarifying question. Katie, do you still have a Best Buy, Best Buy discount? Oh, gee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beware the cheapest man in the world. Don't talk about that shit. Oh, my God. I need a new TV. Oh, my God. You need a, you need, oh, you need a set. Yeah, I'd say you just bought a new TV, but you got a new house. I told you. That was six years ago, Charlie. You bought a new TV. It wasn't six years ago. It was 2016 when I sold those comics off, Charlie. That's how old we are. Really? Oh, my God. No, I thought you bought your big TV like two or three years ago. But anyway. Six years. Okay, moving along. Todd and I both saw a film, so we're kind of tag team this shit. But it was The Black Phone, which uh, it was was a uh, period piece suspense horror film, uh, which I didn't realize until the credits were rolling at the beginning. It was written by Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King. So instantly, you know, that is April's Will Well. She loves Stephen King, always has. Um so anyway, uh, Black Phone, Joe Hill, we were definitely dialed in. 
1978 has to do with a neighborhood in Denver. Uh, There is someone called the Grabber who's abducting kids and whatever it is. Um, And, you know, it's happening bit by bit. We have a brother and a sister who uh, come from a rough uh, family situation. Their uh, their mother has passed. Uh, their dad is a drinker, uh, and th- their home life is not very happy. Well, the son, it's 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 a as I said, it's a brother and a sister. The brother is older. His name is Finney. Uh, you know, he's watching friends of his get nabbed. You know, disappear. Um, under mysterious circumstances, and eventually, unfortunately, it happens to him, and he ends up in this locked room in a scary basement with just a mattress and a, you know, a toilet in the next room uh, and, and a phone on the wall that's non-functional uh, that in time starts ringing. And he's like, oh, I must be cracking up. This, and again, he's a, he's a teenage kid. He's 13, 14, whatever it is. He picks his phone up, and as it turns out, it is the voices of the past victims speaking to him and giving him clues about his situation and how he can fight back against this crazy dude who wears a crazy mask who's played by Ethan Hawke uh, in this movie. Um, Todd, it was just, it was wild. And this, and again, I know that you don't dig on the horror films. You say you get scared kind of oh, easily. I, I like them. I'm just very scared by them. I'm okay you. with that. And again, I, I'm, a this was, I'm a wimp. I get it. This was, um, and Katie, I know you definitely don't do horror, so I totally get it. Um, but this is this was more more the suspense piece, I think, because there really wasn't a lot of gore. I don't think, in my opinion, um, but no. it was uh, it was just really more of those kind of the psychological thriller. I I thought they did very well. I liked it. It was longer. I don't know if I would say it was longer than I thought it needed to be, but it was it was long. Um, but I think they did a lot with the time that they had, without a doubt. I don't think a lot of time was wasted, but we we enjoyed it very much. And yeah, I would I would highly recommend it. This is out in, in theaters now. Go see it because again, we Todd and I might have overestimated it in our summer movie wager. <laughs> we didn't do well. I did not, Charlie. You put it on your like black horse. I did or dark My horse. Dark horse, I yeah. Yeah. I uh, oh it's not it's not on your list at all. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, and I was well, thinking, and there's actually a lost connection in this, Charlie. Okay. So Daniel <laughs> is the dad. Daniel is yeah, that is exactly correct. Oh, you said lost connection, and I'm like, what is it lost to? Oh, you mean no, the no, show the dad, the father <laughs> who we were just talking about. Yes, yes, yes. yes. No, and, and I said that to April Roadway. I said, oh, that dude was on Lost, but that's in season four, so we haven't gotten there yet. Correct. Yes, he is a he is a hot mess in this movie, but he's Daniel. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. Yeah, there was a lost connection, so it's like the six degrees of lost. It's here. This and I told my oh, wife. Oh, when but I saw uh, this, uh, Todd, just a clarification. Uh, Black phone is my number ten, but it is your dark horse. Okay, so maybe it'll show up. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> my wife is a fan of like these like um, s- like crime serial killers, and this is not a horror film. This is a kid taken by a real life. Ser- mm-hmm. It feels like a real life serial killer, and totally. the connection. And there are some supernatural elements in regards to the phone, and also the sister. The, I would say this movie, it's all made real by this brother sister kid connection where the brother who gets kidnapped is sister who unfortunately has to deal with the dad. Who's kind of a hot mess. She has dreams that lead the cops with clues. And I think this film was excellent. It did put me on edge, but there wasn't a supernatural element with the bad guy. 
it was just the elements around it. So this felt like one of those like um, shows that you see now, like the true crime shows. It feels like that, but it was really well done. I really liked it. Scott Derrickson has teamed up with um, Ethan Hawke before, who was the bad guy um, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, uh, what's the name of the movie? Charlie, you've seen them all. Uh, um, oh, the, Pur- the Purge movies? No, no, it was the other one. It was not the suspense, the, oh, uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. But if you like like more thriller than horror, this definitely was. And there was one moment that I just thought was funny. The brother of a character just it it totally didn't fit the, the narrative of the film. But I did like it because it did break up the tension. He was almost like a palate cleanser. What what were what you, what you referring to exactly? All I could say is the guy that the, he was like the conspiracy theory guy. The, oh yeah, I. You know what? I I would have to look up who the brother was too, because yeah, it was. Um, uh, it, 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 just if you haven't watched it, but I would say he was yeah. the palate cleanser because he was a goofball, <laughs> and it was very right. funny. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, cool movie, and I highly recommend it. So anyway, Todd, moving on. You've seen Stranger Things, but you haven't seen the end of it. Katie, have you have you have you caught? Are you caught up on Stranger Things? Are you a fan, or do you watch? Um, it at all? I watched the first season, and then oh, I gotcha. honestly, I'm going to admit, I was a little bored with it. Okay. Okay, so, that's cool. Yep. Respect. Um, respect. Yeah. So I didn't I haven't watched it since, but Aaron watches it and then I occasionally hear about it. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a bit of like nostalgia to this series regardless, but they aren't the ones that like remember the 80s. Here's the 80s. They they do a pretty good job of just like you're in the 80s and there's the things around it. Um I love the series and I feel like it's a series where I feel like oh, they can't do better than season 1. They can do better than season two. And I kind of keep like, like, how do they do this? Well, time and money and no pressure to actually deliver on a timeline has allowed them to deliver a series, which ultimately you always say, like, no editors can make a crappy series. Like, you know, George Lucas with No Yes Men, Mm -hmm. with Yes Men makes, you know, the the original, the the, the prequel trilogy. But with this, I'm like, wow, they had the time to really tell the story they wanted to. And I have one episode left. But Charlie, as to your point... This season is ridiculously long. Like right. the last episode was 90 minutes. The last episode of the season is going to be two hours 230. and 20 minutes, 230. So Almost 230, yeah. Movie, movie length. Yeah, so this you is know, a commitment. And, the, you know, and I would say they made good use of it. And, and I'm I'm bad. I You know, I have ADD just like you do, Katie. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, do-do-do, looking at my phone, and I'm doing shit for the network on my laptop. If you put I'm the like, phone in the other room, Charlie... I'm no, like, no I gotta well, close this. That sh- doesn't that doesn't help. You're gonna no. need to find something else to do. Yeah, I need oh, to I close I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm I, a guy I, that I, but do like, the same I get I, to the point I gotta close that laptop down because there's so much shit going on in that last segment where they're like, We're gonna get Vecna and we've gotta do this and this piece it's like chess, it's like lost. There's chess pieces in play. Absolutely, four storylines. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I got to put my shit aside because I'm not going to get like they're after Max, and you know why? why? You have to watch it. You can't just not pay attention. And I love that because they're saying you can't just you know not focus on it on entertainment. If you don't, then it's like then it's essentially disposable. It's comfort food. It's like it's like got rock in the background. It's like oh, it's elevator music. So I like that they are doing. Hey, hey. Don't talk about Yacht Rock that way. Oh, no, no. My wife is constantly playing the channel. I've listened to every Yacht Rock song. I was going to say, if you're going to disrespect Air Supply plus Christopher Cross plus 
Rick Kenny Springfield Loggins, plus yes. Toto plus Toto plus Kenny Loggins. That's not no. going to fly with me. No, 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 no. But I mean, I will say the only downfall of the series so far has been the plot line with Will, the brother, uh, the pizza guy. Yeah, um, and, and their, their just, voyage, their voyage, and Mike. Country. It just feels like it's it's empty, and it just feels like that is the point that feels like it's 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 not delivering. Well, yeah, it's the, going to be. We the, get that, right? It took the, yeah, the full the, series to finally give them any sense of like. Well, they had to connect because they had to go, and then they had to yeah. they had to find eleven, and then they hey, you'll see in the final episode how that yeah. connects up with the the final battle, and then what ends up happening in the end. I mean, just go and watch it, and then yeah. we'll, I bet and, we'll and talk about it next week. Absolutely, and, and, I just and, love and, the and, fact. And Katie, Katie will do a lot of mm, okay. Yes, she will. I like she it. Will. That's great. Yes. Yep, she'll that mute is. herself and she'll be like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> but but if you're watching Stranger Things, and I think it's one of the better shows on TV because it takes its time. It tells a story, and it's right. been really fun. Characters are great. Some storylines are less awesome than others. Um, but we got Robert England, and that's been fantastic. We got Matthew Modine back; it's been great. Right. You know, we got Paul Reiser; that's really been good. They eighties it up like nobody's business. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you know, at this point, we don't know how the show's going to end. I've been trying to avoid spoilers because Charlie, apparently, you just are amid the spoiler minefield because you well, just I mean, look for spoilers it's, I, uh, and I'm it's, like I haven't got them and I'm just avoiding them I mean so. I would say you know particularly when I'm run, I'm running through I'm trying to share content both on Facebook and on Twitter and in other ways for the network that that shit is just going to catch me and again with ADD Katie I know you can appreciate this you're like ah my phone it's just doing stuff ah put it away yep. um, it's just <laughs> I've, only been I've only been spoiled once and it was actually on a podcast I've never been spoiled by social media on anything because I just avoid it. So. I, I, fantastic. Well, you know what? Let's avoid our way out of the news because it's all said and done. Uh, but really, it's time to uh, get up the phone yet again. Uh, get that Air Qantas app up. Get that flight down to the land down under. That's right. Time for the Thunderdome. The mutants are awaiting. So let's go. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week we're talking all about Thor, God of Thunder. Yes, I said thunder because Thor is fun, folks. Check it out. Yes, uh, yes so this is fun. I don't know if he was, had fun in this one. Yeah, not so much fun. He had three different time periods in which to not have fun. But in... Fairness. He had first, some fun. In the He's first couple of fun. pages, he was having fun with the drinking and the whoring and the whatever. He had a lot of Plundering. fun. Plundering, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a good Norse god. Yeah, so Thor, we're talking about getting preparation for Thor, Love and Thunder, which is coming out next week at the box office, which is very fun. So we're exploring the comic that actually inspired the movie. And this is from Thor, God of Thunder, Volume 2013, Issues 1 through 6. 1 through 5 is the first trade paperback, but if you get to 6, you get to wrap up a little bit of the question of who the antagonist is. So we'll start there. So Thor, God of Thunder, came out in 2013. It's written by Jason Aaron and penciled by Isad Rebic. And this guy 
is really amazing. I can't remember when I, he actually debuted. I, His I, art is yeah. painterly. It's yep. it's beautiful. It's 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 thin lines with a lot of just beauty. It almost feels like someone is just like he's just making love to the page. Did he do Gillian's run of Eternals? Because that had a very similar. He, yeah, I think he did. He did. Well, yeah, because they recognize that. If not remarkably similar, I, I would agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so this really picks up in where I would say Jason Aaron is one of the better comic writers. And when he, when he's involved in a comic, you know he's going to do something different with it and give the characters care and take them in a place they haven't been before. And I would say with, with Thor, I go way back with Thor. Um, and Thor really has been a character who has not had the status quo. He's always been changing. He was a frog, by God, at one point. <laughs> he he is not a character of like, we just only do this type of story. So I think he's always a character where you can try things and different tell different stories. I mean, we've had, God, Asgard was brought to Earth. We've had Asgard all over the place. We had the, the world tree kill the, almost kill the Earth. I mean, so there's been many different stories. And with... Uh, Norse mythology loosely impaled upon the world of Marvel, we always get interesting stories. So this story is essentially Thor living in different time frames as mm -hmm. Thor, encountering a force that kills gods. So Gore, the god butcher, who doesn't Gore. just prepare like deli meats for the yeah. gods, says, I will make you a thin bordadella. I will make you some yeah, I will make you some two two R's, not an E. So gore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. the God butcher. So it was very imperative that when I got through the first volume, I said, read the sixth issue. Right. Because that gives you some context of where we're at with this character, because this is a really cool series, essentially Thor living in like 800 AD with right. some Vikings. Then we have Thor that's in your, modern your, day. That's your, your people, Todd, the Vikings. Yeah. yeah we have yeah, Vikings. <laughs> uh, myself, I can show my, Molnir tattoo. So there you go, folks. Go to YouTube and see that thanks, little thanks skin on Todd. Yeah, because yeah. you know my OnlyFans page is ready to go with uh, my my flesh. And then we get Thor at the end of the road, which is very cool, where he's kind of owned. So this is kind of like taking Thor in different time frames as he basically goes after the boogeyman of the gods, which I thought was a really cool concept. So I will leave it there and go to. Um, at this point, uh, Katie, what'd you think of this series? Um, I liked it so much. I didn't stop reading at six. <laughs> of course not. I, yeah. I can't just stop reading a story once I started. And especially after reading six, I really enjoyed Gore as just a character. And I honestly couldn't fault him for where he was going with it because, like, you have Thanos who's kind of got this, oh, well, you know, if you just kill half the world and then you know, everything will be fine. And you're like, sure, not. <laughs> except for there's limited resources and people populate like that doesn't make any sense, dude, come on. But Gore from a philosophical standpoint of saying, you know, the gods fail us. We are there on a whim and we are subject to their whim. It doesn't matter what you do because no, if they don't want to help you, they're just not going to. And so you're just going to suffer needlessly and do all of these things you know, and at one point he point here, you know, I think this might have been later where he says something about how if you get rid of the gods, then there's, you know, no religious wars, there's no subjugation based on religion, and everyone can just enjoy the time they have on the planet. And I was like, you know what? 
I can't argue with that. I kind of, I kind of dig that idea. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a, a really great kind of attraction repulsion, which he has a very sympathetic idea, but is also incredibly brutalistic mm. and the way that he enacts violence and the enjoyment that he gets out of it. Um, so I, I thought it was a very, very compelling story. I really loved seeing the ways in which the Thors interacted um, as far as like the storylines kind of had a through line regardless of where you were at and you could start seeing them kind of building into this culmination. Um, and I'm really, really interested to see how they play this story out on the big screen in the MCU. I will oh, say sure. my, my one fear is that instead of they might take that idea of doing like three different Thor timelines and instead make it so that they're going to work off of the multiverse and have Lady Thor come in as one of those alternates. And that'll really bum me out because <laughs> I want Lady Thor as a mainstay in the MCU and not kind of a one-off for this movie. Oh, I know. Mean, I, 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 no, I, I agree. I, I, I didn't really get a vibe. And again, from the trailers, you can't really tell right. um, that they were going to do any kind of diversification in the multiverse or, or, or to do like a jump forward, jump backwards. I have a quote. And again, I was I wanted to jump in. And Katie, you'll appreciate this um, from Klingon lore. Uh, there, was a quote, there was a quote in DS9 where they're all standing around and Kira said it, uh, talking about gods and this and that. It's Kira O'Brien and Worf and said, uh, Klingons have no gods. We killed them. They were more trouble than they were worth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very, very, Klingon method- very, very, very Klingon methodology. But yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I didn't get that vibe. Um, I got the vibe that, again, the film will simply take the character and his motivation and play it forward. But I don't necessarily see it again. I feel like looking at the film, like the guardians of the galaxy, I feel like we're going to get about 20 minutes of them and they're going to go away. Right. I really feel like it's going to be a big part of the film, but yeah. And the rest of it is going to be about fighting this, uh, you know, fighting Gore and fighting Christian Bale with no makeup. Cause what was the deal? He wouldn't wear any makeup. That was just, he was just like, so I'm- lame. He's like, I'm just going to put white on my face versus look like an alien, which I'm like, that's lame. Cause Gore is yeah. kind of cool well, looking, especially yeah, with the, totally. the, with the, 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 the shadows and around yeah. him and things. And why yeah. would you cast him at that point? Like if he wasn't going to agree to, to the, you know, to the look that you wanted of that character and then be like, okay, like then you see you later, that, Gator. That's part of well, the yeah, it, it, it makes even it. It, it makes even less sense because they weren't really looking for him to drive the. And again, we're going right. to talk about the film next week, the three of us. But they weren't really looking for him to be like, oh, I got to see Christian Bale in a Marvel movie. No, you're like, I'm going to see Thor because it's Thor and the Guardians are in it, and I love the Guardians and Lady Thor. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. The mighty yeah. Thor, who's Jane. Right. Not, uh, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Christian Bale's rendition of him because I think that he's played characters in the past that have this ki- same kind of like villainy to them. Yes, right. But it wouldn't have been a requirement where I would have been like, you know, who can play that? Who could have done that better? Christian Bale. Exactly. Like, he has to be like, like in the makeup for like eight years. He has to be right. in the makeup right. for like 
a movie, which is two hours long, which means right. two your scenes, and actually look more than just a pale white dude like Powder. Yeah, you stole my reference because I had it on tip of my tongue. But Ooh. anyway, we should probably steer it back because we're going to have this conversation. But next this week. comic was great. I mean, yes. I, I yeah. think it was fantastic. And and Jason Aaron, this kind of kickstarted the whole line of Thor, where we got Jane Foster and what her mm-hmm. prevails, and we right. got all these different stories with Thor. And I loved in the one series I loved, which was Thor dealing with a lot of different dealing as the king of Asgard because Odin drops off. So right. I, I think this is a good place to start your love of Thor versus right. other lines. Storylines weren't as good. And a great dichotomy between uh, Thor in his various stages of evolution where, you know, he, 800 years ago, he was man Thor, if you like it for a bit. There, there's an there's there's yeah. your title for the episode where he's horrid and drinking <laughs> whatever it is. And then you've got modern day Thor where he's, you know, he's an Avenger. You see Tony Stark in the mix. And so he's realizing that he's a team player and maybe there are some ways that he can, you know, work in order to, to, to solve this issue just outside of himself. And then you see him, you know, as an ancient old man, bitter, broken, you know, Asgard is destroyed. He has nothing left, nothing left to gain, nothing left to lose. Um, and really what that means and how he chooses to interact with Gore in these in these different time frames. So, yeah, it ends, you know, it ends in the end with, you know, Gore in, in issue five walking into his bloodbath of transformation. And again, I didn't sit down and do it in one reading. I'm bad. I sit I read my comics and I used to I used to read every like nine, like nine o'clock. I'm like, we're turning off the TV and we're going I'm going to read for an hour. I haven't done that in a long time. So I read them when I go to BioLife because I do plasma donation. And so it's really broken up over like three weeks that I'm reading this. And that's really shitty. I really sat in the front of the couch and I read it for like an hour, Charlie. It's yeah. possible. I know. But you just have to. I think the, when the last time is and again, we're coming up on the time again where where the three of us are going to have to read comics from the comic cover land. And like, I had to slam all those. So I was more focused on those. So that might have to be my new methodology around doing this, but it just seemed, it seemed like at the end of this, like the bad guy got away, but it was setting it up for an eventual confrontation on down the road. Yeah, And that's um, why I said, read the six issue because we got kind of more Gore's motivation, mm-hmm. what brought him towards it. And I felt like that kind of added a kind of a natural end to understand why, which is good. Because if you only end at five, I felt like there was more to be told. At this point, it's like, okay, we get his motivation. Now you can read more and feel like uh, understanding where this is going to go. Now the movie, we'll talk about that. That's a lot to lift. And I'm sure Taika said, we can't cover it all. We're going to make the best of what we got with the two hours and 30 minutes. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. But again, you know, Thor has never been seriously my guy outside of the avengers comics but this was this was a nice dive um with a again with a with a pair of great creators which makes really especially in modern parlance any comic really stick so i think this this really did it so yeah i would recommend it to anyone again it's available as a trade on comiXology if you happen to have an unlimited subscription uh or if you have Marvel unlimited which i know that we all do and todd is trying to show us his shirt which is, which is re- full of Norse mythology. The guy speaking <laughs> on Balder and his mother. And that's Todd's background, or as my brother referred to him during their time in the Air Force, the littlest Viking. <laughs> that's Todd. <laughs> that's right. Uh, good stuff. But with that, uh, that's kind of the end of our program. So 
very excited. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Thor Love and Thunder, which I know we'll all have seen by that time that comes out next Thursday, which is crazy. I was talking with a friend of mine. We're seeing it on Thursday at 3 p.m. So the old, oh, see a midnight showing the day before has now turned into 3 p.m. It's so weird. People don't have jobs, so, apparently. It's yeah. so weird. Well, in the post-COVID world, they're just trying to get all the showings they can. But at any rate, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that. Um, but, uh, Katie, where can people find you out there on the socials? Oh, um, you can find me at um, on Twitter at QTGeek. That is Q underscore T Geek. And you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram, excuse me, at Quintessential Geek. Excellent. And Todd, what about you? You can follow me at Twitter at Tiaxtra, where I'm having the fun on the interwebs with the folks talking about our podcast and the world of nerd and video games, etc. And I'm talking about our YouTube page at, you know, I guess it's Secret Friends Unite is our customer URL. I'll figure that out eventually. Yes. But that's where you can see <laughs> us talk about the yeah. world of nerd and then subscribe to our podcasts on whatever you use. And our RSS feeds now will have places at SecretFriendsUnite.com. Absolutely correct. And me, of course, you can find me over on Twitter at the C3. Please spell it out. Uh, the wife uh, and I run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the West Michigan chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club. You can, of course, find me uh, with Katie and Peter over on Code 47 on this very network. Uh, and I do try to populate the Secret Friends Unite Facebook and Twitter feeds when I can with content. So pay attention to those as well. Friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. And wherever you go, go boldly. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Thor, you beautiful bastard. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.